0: Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. Got Ray with us again this week. Let me throw a question out to you guys. Is the fitness industry out of touch with
1: most of the population, or should I say unapproachable? Yes, I think to a degree. If you're looking at like social media, then probably, yeah, a little bit. Because a lot of the stuff you see on social media is kind of extreme a little bit more uh, the extreme side of fitness, like the guys who move really, really well, who do all these kind of extreme movements or extreme lifts, but not always the basics. Or if the basics are on social media, they don't get as much attention to things. So I think there's a little bit of a disconnect there mm-hmm. to the average, the average gym goer, I should say, the average Joe.
2: Yeah, I think so too, man. I, I think what happens is you start working in the fitness industry and then you're just surrounded by the same people all the time. <laughs> And if if those are all your friends and that's it, and you don't go outside of that, get into this little echo chamber, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you think, think, oh, everyone's like this. Everyone Everyone feels this this. way about training. Oh, everyone wants to eat this way. Mm -hmm. But then you work with real people and they really don't give a shit. No. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. They want, they want to get better. Yeah. They want to improve their lives. But it's like, okay, you know, when you first start training, we have this... We could commit our entire life to this because maybe, you know, you start out when you're whatever it is, early 20s or something like that. Mm-hmm. You don't really have a ton of responsibility yet. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you're training people that are older, yeah. well, older than you, mm-hmm. like in their mid 30s, early 40s, they've got families and you just have no concept of what their lives are like.
0: We're also out of touch because there's so much of the general population that we don't focus on trying to, I guess, convert in a way. Right. So I think that's a big shortcoming, too, is because from an intimidation, most people think training is a very intimidating thing. Mm -hmm. But I think just catering to the to the masses, general population with just simple tasks of just being able to get up and down off the floor 10 times. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say just doing that 10 times using hands or whatever you need to do, but almost to see. If you give that task to like 100 people off the street, brought them into the gym and just gave them that task, I think you'd be really surprised at how many people would have a really tough time doing that. Mm-hmm. And even if they did it, they'd be out of breath. Yeah. Like it'd be it'd be a really exerting drill for them, mm-hmm. right? With, with just something that the rest of us consider, well, how can you not do that normally?
1: Right. I, I think what happens too is that we've, we've been training for so long our standards or our perception of what a standard should be have changed over time. And Mm -hmm. so when we first kind of get into it, it's the simple stuff like squat bench and deadlift and whatever the case may be. But like over time, standards may change. And even like our perception on things may eventually change. Like things that we find to be simple movements or simple tasks can be highly intimidating. Like you said, Mm -hmm. like that intimidation factor is really, really serious. Like I'm sure we've all had people that we were talking to that our clients or were clients or were potential clients at one point mm-hmm. that were intimidated of going into the gym because they didn't know yeah. what to do. They felt like there were eyes that were always on them, which is another thing to, that's, that's another subject. But like, there's just so much, I don't want to say shame, but almost kind of like a to a degree fear of going into a gym or starting to work out because it's unknown to them. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, because people think it's like you said, they think everybody in the gym is watching them. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. They Typically, just don't. Yeah. Typically, they don't mm-hmm. give a shit. Because I think people forget that no matter what you look like, uh, I don't give a shit if you're a chiseled Adonis. Mm-hmm. Every chiseled Adonis started out with as a 90-pound weak-ass weak geek. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Right? And people kind of forget that. Everybody started in the same boat. People aren't genetically coming out going, booze. And they're shred like they have to work for it. No, man. Oh, you
2: can't. (laughs) I think there's some people that. that (laughs) But
0: they have, you still have to work for it, the. You still got to work for it. You don't know it's there until you actually put effort into it. And also, you're like, oh, shit, this is pretty easy to me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have that superior genetics, but you still got to. There's a lot of people that probably have superior genetics that never tapped into them.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because there's just not some working out just isn't something that interests them mm-hmm. or whatever. So they just never get to it. So you kind of will think sometimes, well, wow, how many people are, we, do we walk by? They really do have really good superior genetics. Mm-hmm. They just never gave a shit yeah. about it. Right. Mm-hmm. How do we get out to these people that, that we're missing out on, which is the vast majority of the general population.
1: I think one tactic is to give them a more realistic perspective. Right. One thing is that people think you got to work out every day, all day. That's your life. You live, breathe, and whatever yeah. the case is. So it's like no, it's not really like that. If you're going to the gym two to three times a week for 45 minutes to an hour, that can be highly effective, depending on what your goals are. What they need to put into it is based on what their goals are oriented around. And most people's goals is they want to feel good. They kind of want to look good. Mm-hmm. They want to be healthier. They want to be able to go out and do stuff that they the regular day-to-day task. That's all easily achievable going to the gym a few times a week. They don't need to be in a gym like bodybuilders that you see for four hours a day mm-hmm. doing cardio for two hours and coming in lifting for two hours. Like that's that's not everybody. That's a very, well, very, very small, small super tiny, small tiny percent. subset of like the fitness population. But not even just the population
0: but the that's old. who we see though.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's so I with that that perception becomes reality. Yes yeah and that's what i think most people look at and go well that's
1: everybody in the fitness industry
2: right and well, if a random person envisions a trainer in their head right that's who they see that's yeah. who they
1: right. see and that's just not the reality not not everybody trains a large majority of, of trainers don't train that way oh I know. so no. it's just like if we were to find a way to convey like hey like look this is this is going to take up two to three hours of your week, which that's that's not that's that's a very small fraction. Mm-hmm. That's maybe that's that's less than three percent, less than three percent of their week. So if you can dedicate that this less than three percent of your week to doing some movement, like incorporating certain fitness, either that's walking or mm-hmm. some kind of resistance training, the results you'll get will be good if you if you just put in the effort mm-hmm. into
0: it. Is our baseline perspective on what people should be able to do already higher than it needs to be because we have our like we look at our the way we assess people right the way we assess their movements are we still setting those basic what we consider basic parameters is that even still too high for the average population
2: i mean i don't know across the fitness industry there's no standard there's no standard baseline movement but if
0: you're we taking like an
2: down. FM it,
0: it like if, on, but if you're taking like an FMS, right?
2: Like FMS is in the weeds. Yeah, true. Like true, yeah. what we do yeah, yeah. is a very, very small portion of the fitness. True. Industry. Yeah, true so yeah, so yeah. if we're thinking about the whole bodybuilding community, which is the majority of it, mm-hmm. right? And that's what people that's what people are exposed to in magazines. Yes. Yeah. This. So within that, like what is the movement standard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no movement there standard. There is no movement yeah. standard. Yeah. There's nothing. So sure. that it doesn't exist.
1: Right. I think that's kind of hard to to put um, a measurement, if you will, on. Mm-hmm. Because it's like everybody's different. Anatomical structures are different. Movement capacities are different. If you incorporate injuries, if you incorporate gender, if you incorporate so many other aspects and different variables, it kind of changes. I guess, but the way that I will personally look at it is, are you able to do simple movements like squatting down to pick something up without pain? Can you do that without getting hurt? Or does it does it hurt when you do that? If it does, then yeah, your movement capacity is probably lower than it's lower than optimal because doing movements shouldn't cause pain necessarily. It should be something you can do without having to think about it or mm-hmm. or be super hesitant on making a certain kind of move. Yeah,
0: I guess what happens that is the average person probably thinks that most people are gonna be very judgmental. Uh, mm-hmm. What they can do, how they can do it, yeah, right, yeah. So I guess that's the number one thing that we as as fitness professionals have to make sure we avoid or do our best to avoid, because that's not our job—is not to be judge, jury, and and executioner, so to speak. Like, it, it it's the ability to look at the way somebody does something and go, you know what, we, we'll work on improving that.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. As opposed to saying, Jesus, you really suck at that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, That's a basic thing. How can you not do this? Yeah. right? Yeah. I think I i have a feeling that most people think that's what they're expecting. Yes. Uh, and like just alluded to earlier, when people go into a box gym, they think everybody's staring at them. Mm-hmm. And they got to realize, no, everybody's into their own shit. Yeah. Now, if you start doing some crazy shit like we see on some of the videos that people take, yeah. then yes, people are going to be looking at you because not be- because they're going to be looking at you going, well, why the f- are you whipping that shit back and forth? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you taking the cable row machine running backwards and then flying forward? That type of shit that you see yeah. all over the place. If you do that, then yes, eyeballs are going to be
1: on you. Oh yeah, absolutely. But other than that, nobody gives a shit. If you're doing basic stuff, it's not going to get attention. And I think one of the problems is too is it's a societal thing too where people are so focused on what everybody else is doing uh-huh. instead of going, okay, I need to pull back and focus on me and focus on what I'm doing and not care about what other people are doing. And so like I've had clients before that are like, yeah, you know, I don't really like working out on my own. And I'm like, well, what's stopping you? What like what's what what is it that's that's hindering your ability to work out on your own? They're like, ah, oh, well, I don't, I don't like being watched, you know, like I I feel like their eyes are on me. And I'm like, look, fact of the matter is I'm it like doesn't they don't matter. matter. Yeah. The gym is actually probably the one of the few places that everybody can go to. And it doesn't matter your walk of life, but the goals are always the same. Yeah. So if they somebody is staring at you, they got a problem with it, then whatever. That's that's their business. That yeah. that that shouldn't bother you.
2: Yeah.
1: But that judging, that fearful side of like being watched really stops a lot of people. And that's really hard to overcome.
2: Well, I've had the experience where someone was referred to me, mm-hmm. and then I talked to him, and he's like, Well, you know, before I come in, I want to get in shape first. Oh, so yeah, I I, yeah, that the yeah. I heard Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. A lot. yeah. 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 It's like, Well, you know, that's what I'm here for, is to, to help you you know, guide you in, so that it's a, a little bit more efficient for you. Yes. And then you actually do it.
0: The reason why that pops up, we hear that a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But I think once at the base of it, the reason why judged. that pops up, they, they don't yeah. want to be judged, right? They want, and so it's like, well, yeah, but you're missing the point of what we do. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It, uh, how are you? If, and if you, and if getting fit, quote unquote fit, wasn't a high priority before on your own, why would all of a sudden you're going to I expect you to do all this shit on your own now before you come see me? Right. Right. That makes no sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: It's contradictory.
0: It's contradictory. Mm-hmm. And it, and a lot of it too is people will say, "Well, I don't work out on my own cuz I don't know what to do," right? So that's the other thing we often hear, right? "Oh, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to program this and that." Because mm-hmm. we know most as much as we try to teach our clients certain things, we have to, generally speaking, have to realize that it goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't get retained, right? Because even after working with clients for years, you're like, okay, you should have enough experience, understanding that when you're on vacation, you can go, okay, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this on these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Absolutely. But how often do you still have clients who you worked with for years that they just don't do that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, they want, they want the program. Yeah. They want it there. Right? Yes. Even if they know, they know how. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. A lot of them know how. For sure.
0: So, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the big things is how, how do we make ourselves more relatable to the average person and how do we make ourselves less intimidating, so to speak, and, and approachable? Because if you, if you don't have that relatability and down to earth, like that, aspect of being able, hey man, that person I, I can just walk up and start asking mm-hmm. questions, him mm-hmm. her. And I feel like it's gonna be a comfortable situation. You know, I like we in a perfect world, we can reach everybody. Yeah. So to speak.
1: I think uh and this is this is this is kind of like a personal experience kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like I'll be out and about in public and I'll go to store or something. And every once in a while I'll get somebody's like, hey man, you work out <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a coach. You know, this, this is my profession. It's what I Mm -hmm. do. Okay. I'm like, I'm interested in working out. But to me, the way I, the way I look at it is, do you, firstly, do you, as an individual, do you look approachable, right? Do you look friendly enough for somebody to go, Hey, what's up, man? Or how's it going? That's one aspect. But also like when people, I think people don't really understand that the context of where we got to and how long it took, like when somebody's like, Oh man, how do I, you know? How do I get, like, strong like you? I'm like, 13 years of lifting? Like, I don't don't really know (laughs) what else to tell you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It took me 13 years. Like, this is a long time. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they're like, what? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, like, I'm not going to give you uh, an answer that's not true. Yeah. Just took me a very long time to do. Like, and it's not, yes, it's partly genetics, but it's time and dedication Mm -hmm. to what my goals were at that point in time. And those goals kept changing and progressing over time. So I think... Getting people to understand, like, hey, this is a long-term investment, but also we all start from somewhere. Like, if either if you start from sports and then transitioned, or if you were that nerdy kid who never worked out, and all of a sudden was like, I want to, I want to put on some muscle, and you then went to the gym, it's there's always a starting point for everybody, but nobody starts at the top.
0: And that could be also part of the issue too, is because when you're realistic with somebody, mm-hmm. you say, look, this is going to be a journey. It's gonna take you a long time. Maybe that in and of itself is a reason why a lot of the general public doesn't do what we do. Oh, yeah, because I mean, they it's... realize this is a lifestyle. Yeah, this isn't something short term, right? This isn't something I'm just gonna do for three months and then and then I'm gonna stop and everything's gonna keep going and keep and carrying on. You're yeah. like, no, you have to stick with this, yeah, like if you want it to stay, you have to continue to. <clears throat> to implement the things that we know are scientifically backed, mm-hmm. they work, they're effective. Maybe therein lies really at the root of it. Why a lot of, we can't reach a lot of people though
2: too. Well, the other thing I think too is, I mean, you think about growing up, right? As yeah. kids, you have people that are just naturally attracted to to playing sports, mm-hmm. doing activities, And then you have other people that aren't. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of guides you into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's kind of the same people that were really active as kids and kept playing that are into some sort of fitness. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be training like we we do, but they stay active their whole lives. Mm -hmm. And then you have those, that other uh, set of people typically don't. And then those, those are the people we're trying to reach, Mm -hmm. right? I don't think we need to try to get them into the gym. I think it's first, Mm -hmm. I think the gym is the last thing they need to do. Yeah. I mean, they should do it eventually, some sort of strength training, some sort of cardiovascular training, but it, it first it needs to be a, a buy-in to just activity mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Number yeah. one. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then once they have that, then you have a deeper motivation of, okay, oh, you know what? I do like this activity. I can get better at this activity if I had stronger legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now how do I get stronger legs? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh I see that. That's cool. Okay, maybe I'll go work with a with someone or a buddy that works out. I mean, for me personally, I like training more if I'm training for something. Right. I don't like to just train to train. I do it because I, I understand it's good for my health. Yeah. But my motivation level is way lower. I'll just do it. I'm like, hey, I'm going to just stay in some sort of shape. Yeah. But if I have golf to train for, rock climbing to train for, an event to train for, or something like that, then it's it's – a way higher priority on my list. Otherwise, I'll feel pretty good. I'm I'm pretty healthy. Yeah, and I'm strong enough, mobile enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what's that extra push to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I don't care about being like, you know, the strongest, mm-hmm. and I don't care about being the most flexible or the fastest. You know, if I'm not training for anything, right? Mm-hmm. So nice. I, I just don't I just don't think people have that extra drive. Mm. So there's 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 just not a it's it's not a high priority. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: that totally makes sense. Yeah. It's just like someone training for a five k or a ten k. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, where do I start? Start walking. Yeah, I start walking ten to yeah. fifteen minutes a day. Like, that's just just that. That's just enough. But for a lot of people, that's challenging. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If even for my clients, they're like, all right, well, what can I do to get you know extra active? Ten minutes of walking. Yeah, mm-hmm. just do it. Just do it like every day, once a day. Just start there. And for a lot of people, that's extremely challenging. It's because they're not having something to work towards. But you're right. Most people work towards. Most people are more likely to do something if Mm -hmm. there's something to work towards. Oh, I want to lose 15 pounds. Oh, I want to do this event. Oh, I want to get better at this. Yeah. Then a person's typically all in. Mm -hmm. But for the average person, that's just like, I kind of want to take care of my health. To be honest, like a lot. That's not a. That's that's not not enough. That's not enough for those people. Like, because at the end of the day, it's just for
2: them. It interrupts what they do. Yeah. And they don't like that. And that's fair. Because who are the people that we see? The, the people that start losing their abilities. Yeah. yeah. That's a big portion of our clientele. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So that's more motivation than anything you'll ever do. Absolutely. Right there. When you're in pain, you can't move anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you if you can do everything in daily life, like what's the point? Right. What's the mm-hmm. point for you to, to work extra hard to get stronger? Mm-hmm. So I think it's eh, part of it's, you know educating them in a way that's, like, not being condescending.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a tough part because I know me personally, I think one of my pet peeves is people that are able-bodied that just don't give a shit. It really is. Yeah. And it's, it's always been a pet peeve of mine. Uh, probably will continue to be. I try to keep a lid on it as best as I can. Yeah. <laughs> but when I see somebody that's able-bodied that just doesn't give a shit about it, mm-hmm. and you're looking at somebody else that's not... And you're like, do you understand what that person would do to have your yeah, capabilities? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just get, drives me nuts sometimes. I'm like, Jesus Christ, look at that person mm-hmm. and look at you. Now stop taking your shit for granted, get out there and do something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like you said, just even increasing your activity level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I think most people think they have to go to a gym.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and you know, and the gym is where you, wherever you train, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, was that uh Swole Normus or whatever from Instagram, right? Was he say always go go to the gym, right? Yeah. But he's always like the gym is where you train. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a building. It does, it could be your garage, it could be your living room, it could be outside. Yeah. But just it's his point is just wherever you train, just get there and do it.
1: Yes, mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah. And so I think increasing that understanding of just be physically a little bit more active into whatever it is you like to do. Yeah. You know, whether it's swimming, I mean, something like that. You Swim is a great exercise. Right? Yeah. A pretty low intimidation factor, oh, unless
1: you unless, unless you don't know how
0: to swim. Water. Yeah, exactly. yeah, unless you <laughs> don't know how to swim. But then you, you can get coached in that, right? You can yeah. get coached in that. You can overcome that. Mm-hmm. You know, people that have a fear of swimming, you can hire a coach and spend some time in the water. and You're going to get better at it, yeah. right? And so, eventually, speaking, that's going to go away, and and that's a pretty low pressure
2: activity, right? Yeah. Well, I think a huge problem <clears throat> is. You think look at schools and where PE is taken out of schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if PE is taken out of school at a really early age and, and you have all these subjects, these are super important. These are super important. But physical education, we can get rid of that. That's yeah. not a big deal. Yes. So from an early age now, kids are learning like, well, that's. I mean, it's not a subject. So why is it a big deal? They're
0: saying if if the if the school system and adults don't don't think it's an important thing, then why should I? Why should yeah. I? Yeah.
2: yeah, that's not our that's not a priority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if you're not physically capable, it's going to affect your you know your mental health, and mm-hmm. it's it's just going to affect what you can do as you grow up. Yeah.
0: So if the parents should be more actively involved with the school school board, saying, look, yeah, mm-hmm. instead of trying to teach our kids to prepare them for a test that they have an exit exam that they eventually are gonna have to take, instead of being so worried about that, which unfortunately school systems are worried about more because of funding more than anything else, yeah. right? They're screwing the kids over because they're saying, okay, let's cut out the PE. Let's take away that, yeah. even though we know scientifically all the benefits that come from being a little bit more physically active mm-hmm. than sedentary.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Especially yeah. as a young kid, I couldn't like I couldn't imagine not being active. Like it's it's a weird mm-hmm. thought. It's honestly a, it's a really weird thought process. It is because it like, is. I'm sure when, when all we're all younger. Go out, yeah. play basketball, play football, play oh, yeah. yeah. ball around, yeah. or ride your bike. It doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But we were always doing something active. But yes. nowadays, that's really I don't want to say dwindled. That's actually just kind of hit a sharp drop. Because I don't, it's not really, it's not often that I hear about parents having their kids be super active or even relatively active, I should say. And that's a little alarming because now it's just like, well, why aren't, why aren't you pushing your kids to do like a little bit of something? Not a lot, but just a little bit. The term play date
0: never existed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if yeah. you had told me at the age of ten, my parents would have been like, You're we we got you a play date. I would have been a, a play what? Yeah, <laughs> excuse
2: me. <laughs> Who am I dating? Yeah. Like no,
0: like, dude, I'm outside. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm good. Yeah. But it kind of helicopter parenting has kind of kicked in. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks their kid's gonna get abducted. Mm-hmm. It, statistically speaking, that's not even close to, mm-hmm. to being realistic. Mm-hmm. But it's that whole fear that you just don't let your kids go outside anymore and just be kids anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you get, if your kid is out there playing with five other kids, you're pretty safe.
1: Yeah. Like let's just
0: face it. Right. I mean, kids know how to look out for each other. Right. Mm -hmm. Even at the age of seven, eight, like they know when shit's not right. Right. I mean, they have a sense of this. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, yeah, our parents all of a sudden starting to create a generation of, of a younger generation that just doesn't, see the value and, and even understand the value of physical activity. Totally. Because you yeah. get a
2: really non-active parent and then, you know, the kid, that's their example. They yeah, don't have to say true. anything, yeah. but that's their example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. But if you see your, your parents and they're just physically active, whether they're training or not, but they're just constantly doing something, mm-hmm. playing with them too. I mean, because kids naturally, they just want to move. Yeah. They, they can't sit still. It's mm-hmm. a totally normal thing. And so the parents just have to let them go. Let him do it yeah because who did you
0: get I mean I looked at my dad as like I saw him lifting weights mm-hmm. as a kid right so to me I was like oh well he lifts weights I want to lift weights yeah right you know I played sports my whole life but and then I but when I got to you know about that age of 11 12 I was like well I want to start lifting weights mm-hmm. like that's what he does so I want to do the same thing yeah but I think that's where you know and I think we you guys probably have the same type of Concept is, yeah, you yeah. got that from watching your parents be active.
2: Yeah, my older brother, you know, he was he was into martial arts, started lifting weights, but he's 12 years older than me. And I mean, I probably shouldn't have been watching these movies at five, six years old. Like, <laughs> like you know, Terminator, oh, Predator, Bloodsport. I was just preparing you it's for You, life, life, so you <laughs> see this, and you're like, oh, you can do that. Yeah. Like, the body can do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see Bruce Lee movies, you're like, really? all right, that's it right there. And then, you know, growing up with all my cousins around the same age as me, we just played all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: But your, your older brother being that significantly older is pretty much like a a, 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 pair, a pair yeah, figure yeah. to you, right? Mm-hmm, pretty much. That's a massive age discrepancy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, same thing for me and my siblings. Like, there's a massive, there's over a 10-year gap between me and my youngest sibling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the... If for him to see me doing what I do, it was probably more from a from a father figure mm-hmm. standpoint than a sibling than a brother standpoint type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, you you emulate people around you. You see mm-hmm. what they do, and you go, okay. Well, if they're doing that, then I like doing that too, or I, that's something I wa-
1: I would like to try to do. Yeah, that's also like when I went to the gym with my uncle when I was fourteen, and that's well, like it is do like freakish. He's so a freakish freak man. I was just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And so like seeing that was actually my first experience like one of my first experiences where I was just like, holy shit, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm like, and and I think the thing that set it aside for me was that like he was the only one in the entire like gym doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, shit. I'm related to this guy. I wanna be like this. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So like so seeing that, but also like I had cousins, i am the run of the letter. Like I'm <laughs> like I'm like, you know what I mean? So like when I was when I was growing up, man, my God, me and my cousin used to get into fights, used to get my ass whipped most of the times because I was small. Yeah, yeah. But like seeing them play sports and different things like that, like that is what encouraged me a little mm. bit more mm. to go. Okay, I need to start. I need to start getting into sports. I need to start doing something because it was. There, and it was mul- those multiple factors, but like that was one of the things that kind of got me there. Otherwise, I didn't really have that much of an outlet.
0: Yeah, because you saw your uncle going to the gym and going into an area that. Like he was at the heavy end of the dumbbell rack mm-hmm. where other people weren't. He was using the dumbbells and having to wipe the dust off yeah. before he picked them yeah. up because. He was the last person to probably pick those things up anyways, right? So, Yeah. yeah when you – when you as a kid, when you see that, it, it, you're – at least for me, I can it's relate amazing. to that. You're like, oh,
1: that's awesome. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's my – yeah, that's my that's my relative, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's where you want to be and everybody else is at the other end of the dumbbell rack lifting the light ones, right? Yeah. So it, 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 you found it to be extremely inspiring. Yes. Right? So that gave you motivation to want to be like him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I think your environment greatly dictates ultimately more of who you become and what you become as you get older.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. yeah. if my family was like not active, be a little different. Yeah. Be a little, be, actually, no, I'd be hella different. Yeah. would <laughs> exactly. be vastly different. Yeah. Vastly different. If my family never played sports, if, you know, if I never seen my family like actually lift, I don't, I wouldn't appreciate. Fitness in the same capacity that I do currently, mm-hmm. and I honestly never would have got into it because it's just that's not my environment. That would that wouldn't be my environment. Yeah, I, for me, I
0: just I love to see people take the step mm-hmm. and, and take the initiative to improve themselves now, on whatever level that is. At least let's take that initiative, uh, and, and because ultimately, the only person that's going to give really give a shit about your health is you. Yes. Period. Mm -hmm. Nobody else, right? Because as coaches, I think, at least for me, like, I've learned that I can't care more than my client. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't. Mm -hmm. You know, because if I do, that that puts me in a bad place with that client. Because then I get irritated. Because I'm like, why don't you give a shit as much as I do? Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's just, it's them. Yeah. Right? So, they... If they're, if it's, they're in here training, so that's, that's great. Obviously they're making that step, but even on a one to 10 scale, it's still sitting at that five. Well, okay. I've got to be okay with knowing that this client, this specific client, they're at a five on the priority list. Like they're here, they're training, but it's still a five. Yeah. Like it's not that nine. It's not that 10. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Where some clients are going to be at that nine and 10. Yeah. They're, They're, you know.
2: So if we go back to the, the question of like how do we relate to the the general public you know and, and I guess we have to look at it as the people that aren't active Yeah, yeah right yes right. yes so I think to, to reach them like for us trainers we just have to, we have to be you have to be friendly and you have to be the one to initiate mm-hmm. the conversation if it's in, if it's in person and it it's it can't be you can't try to convince anyone to train. No, that's what I think it is. Yeah, it, yes, it just needs right? a conversation. And like, yeah, you know, if, if if fitness comes up or health comes up, you just kind of tell them these are the benefits of being healthy. Mm-hmm. That's about it. And then you know, if if you're doing social media posts, then it's got to be something that's not intimidating. Mm-hmm. But see, the thing with that is it's got to be catchy enough, right? That's and the hard part. So-, so,
0: well, I think you're trying to grow, and that's a tough part because. Mm-hmm. You've got that social media versus, let's be honest, reality. Yeah. Yeah. Social media and reality are different, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're trying to reach more people with your quote unquote message, then you kind of have to deliver that in a certain way to be effective on social media, but it's not realistic to how you would really deliver it in real life. Mm -hmm. Totally. And and that's that's the shitty part of what Mm -hmm. we have to do. That's the balancing act we have to do, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like you talked about with just talking to somebody that's not physically active. For me, it's like, let's just go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start there. Mm -hmm. Because in my head, I'm going, this person just doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, And that's the least intimidating thing, at least as as far as I know, Mm -hmm. that I could possibly do for this person.
1: Yes. Right? Mm -hmm.
0: Let's just go for a walk. For Let's go walk a mile.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: right because and other people a lot of people listening to this are gonna maybe be like a mile, what's walking a mile gonna do but depending on who
1: you're talking about that mile could be a massive feat for that person yes mm-hmm. yes absolutely yeah and like and that's and i think that the other aspect of that too or other aspect of that equation is any activity is good activity yeah right because yeah. like people are like people are like oh uh, like you know yeah i kind of work out a little bit i'm not really all that active i go hiking i'm like that's You're you're active. It's great. Like you're you're doing something, Mm -hmm. right? Like oh, I walk around a little bit. That's being active. That is being active. That's okay. Like it doesn't need to be. You going to list stuff. Like that's not everybody's version of activity. And if it's not something that you enjoy to some degree, you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. And that's okay. Find other means. Like the simple stuff or the simple types of activity can make the hugest difference Mm -hmm. to the person who doesn't. Mm-hmm. go to the gym? Who doesn't work out? Because that can be that 10-minute walk or that 15-minute walk can be the difference of either keeping them relatively healthy and they mm-hmm. can do stuff on a day-to-day or that can actually make their health deteriorate a lot faster. So it kind of comes out of
2: balance. Yeah, because even if you can commit 10 minutes a day to something, there's a cumulative effect over week, months, years. Yes. Um, and- Even if it's ten minutes a day for the first month, that's going to condition you to go fifteen minutes a day the second month, Mm -hmm. seventeen minutes a day the third month, and all of a sudden now I'm able to be active for a whole hour. Mm -hmm. But it's it's gradual, yeah, and it's not you know you're not forced upon this, Hey, you got to train three times a week for an hour at this super high intensity, Mm -hmm. because I think that's just, it's too intimidating for people.
0: Yeah. Another thing we, we should aim to avoid is if you get somebody that's, that's not, that's just novice and just getting into it. And the last thing you want to do is smash the shit out of this person Mm -hmm. so that, you know, they're like, Oh, I couldn't sit for four days. I think that's the one thing that, that I think most trainers get carried away with. Mm -hmm. You know, that new client, okay, oh, yeah, we're gonna beat you now. Yeah. Right? No, you you gotta understand give the client just enough, the minimum effective dosage, to where the person wakes up the next day and they're like, oh, I did something. Like, I, well, I I feel like I, okay, I'm a little sore. Mm -hmm. But I'm not debilitated. Exactly. Right? Like, like I know it's a, it was effective. What I did was effective. Right? I'm feeling, the, I'm feeling this, the consequences of that. Right? I'm feeling the effects of it. But not to the point where the person is going to be like, well, f- why am I going to go back? You know? And, and, and it's kind of a joke. Like, we yeah. do joke about it. Right? Yeah. You know? And, and we've all been there. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's be honest. We've we, there's not one of us that hasn't been at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Where you couldn't un, where you couldn't extend your elbows because you did so many <laughs> circles that my literally I couldn't extend my elbows, right? Yeah, like we've all done it. We've all done stupid shit like that. But that's the shit that I think a lot of trainers do to clients the first little bit, mm-hmm. and it does. And then you lose the client because the person's like, well, I don't want to feel like this all the time. Mm-hmm. And if yes. this is what training feels like all the time, why do I do this?
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like you have to know how to modulate the intensity, but also like it's okay to not have them work super hard or to hard, hard to their level all the time. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's okay. Like when I look at like how my clients or looking at the rate of perceived exertion of my clients, I like to keep people mostly like around a seven. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good yeah. for most people. Yeah, It's yeah. enough to get them that minimum effective dose, but it also keeps them active and it also keeps them from getting so sore. Like- yeah. Hardly ever do I actually like just dis- destroy somebody in a workout, yeah. and that's only because they ask. Yeah, I'm like, "How are you feeling today? I want to do something hella hard. Cool, mm-hmm. I got you. We can do that. You're yeah, 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 feeling yeah. that good, yeah. but I'm, I'm not going to have every person do that as soon as they come in because that's not my goal. My goal is to make sure that they get to their goals and also that they can do it in a safe manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if I'm basically taking away their day-to-day joy. Eh, that's not I'm not doing a good job. I'm not I'm not doing a yeah. good job there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very true. Yeah, because you are gonna see you every week for for years probably.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can't and you can't just go harder and harder and harder every single workout. And yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> that breaking point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well plus there's not only that, but there's some tasks that you give to clients and you're and you think it's this is something they should, you know, the, you're like, okay, you've got the movement qualities. You got the strength and qualities, but also you give them one or two little variations on a, on a, on a movement or a drill. And then also the next time you see them, they're like, I was so sore from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but you got to take that feedback. Yes. You've got to take that feedback and go, okay, this is what we changed. Mm-hmm. This is how your body reacted to this. Okay. Let's note that. Let's make sure, okay, boom, boom, boom. This is something that was a little different. This is how their body responded. So we need to take that into account the next time we go into it. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't get that same response because now something, the body's experienced this is the second time it goes in. But it's also reassuring that client that, okay, well, the next time we do that, your body's going to respond a lot better, right? Yeah, It'll have that ability to adapt. Uh, the stimulus has already been exerted it's felt that stimulus and knows how to deal with it so you're not you got to kind of reassure them that you're not you're not going to get that same soreness yeah. that you know yeah. that same oh my god i couldn't move type thing right mm-hmm. so it's it's giving them that feedback to say okay it'll be much better the second time around right yeah maybe we i wasn't expecting you to get as overexerted as you did you know based off of what i felt you could do but now we know okay Right. And these are all the little things that we I think we have to take into consideration. Yeah. As as coaches. So, well, I hope that helps people out as far as, you know, having some kind of way of thinking of perspectives on how to reach people in the general population that maybe you've had a hard time trying to get into the, you know, as far as clientele uh, and being able to relate to those types of uh, clients. So any last thoughts on that? No, not from my end. Yeah. Cool. Well, be friendly.
2: Yeah, yeah that's
0: it. I think a smile and being friendly is. It starts. You know, a long way to go. My clients are like F- that. He's never done this. God, fuck it. until next episode, be good to each other. Listening to our podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button and whatever platform you're on, either Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, please, if you could leave a review, we'd appreciate that. If you have any questions that we can answer for you, be sure to leave those in the comments also.
2: If you're looking for more information on our education, our products, please go to www.stickmobility.com. And also hit that subscribe button
0: to that YouTube channel. And don't forget our live Instagram classes three times a week. If you want to join in, grab your sticks and hit that 45 minute class.